0: Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domingue. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today I'm talking about our words and the power of the prophet. So the past few weeks, I really can't get that phrase, the power of the prophet, out of my head or out of my heart. Several years ago, my daughter, who is a counselor, she and I both wrote a Bible study together titled Words Matter. Words really do matter. We see it from the opening of the Bible to its close. God created everything with the power of words. And according to John one one and John one fourteen. We see in John one one it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." John one fourteen, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth in other words jesus is god and he embodies every word that ever came from the mouth of god god's word has creative power that created out of nothing while our words don't have that kind of creative power our words do produce something proverbs 18:21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit The words we speak produce fruit that we ourselves end up eating. This tells us that our words matter to such a degree that our lives are hugely impacted by what we speak out of our own mouth. Which brings me back to the reason the phrase, the power of the prophet, has been in my mind and in my heart so much lately. I have studied God's word long enough now to know that his word is filled with blessings and promises that I want in my life and I also want in my children lives. So speaking and declaring God's word over each of our lives ranks high on my praying priorities list. So dear sister in Christ, do you realize how powerful your words are? As I was preparing for the final message in my praying moms class at my church, all that just kept coming into my mind was this power of the prophet phrase, and I knew that that was the direction that God was taking me. I also expected him to give me a biblical story to teach from, but he did not. So I started studying topically to see what God wanted to show me and teach me. When I began my study of the power of the prophet, I knew the Old Testament prophet was someone who was chosen, appointed, understood anointed to speak forth God's word as God gave him to do so and their words were an anointed word of truth that happened. And many times in the past, I've studied about the true prophets of God speaking and what they spoke came to pass. I also knew that Deuteronomy 18.22 gave us a standard of testing the prophets, which says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. From a New Testament perspective, First John 4, 1 tells us that we should test the prophets, saying, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So what else does the New Testament tell us about you and I as New Covenant believers related to the power of the prophet? What does the power of the prophet look like for us? And who has the power of the prophet? Well, Revelation 19:10 and 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 4.13, help us clarify and understand who has the power of the prophet. Revelation 19.10 says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. These two verses show us that the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of our Christian faith both have the testimony of Jesus as the basis of speaking. Now let's look at three other verses. The first two are Jesus' words to his disciples in John 14, 17 and John 16, 13. The last verse that I'm going to tell you about is Paul speaking to the Ephesian believers in Ephesians 1:13. So let me read these. John 14:17 The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you John 16:13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Then here's that Ephesians 1, 13. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Dear Sister in Christ, Let's just sum up everything to this point because we have the testimony of Jesus Christ. We have the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of faith, the Spirit of truth and the Holy Spirit of promise. And not only that, but Acts 2 16 through 18 says, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I personally believe the last days spoken of here began on the day of Pentecost based on the context in which it was written. In other words, the day of Pentecost began the age of the last days. However, we recognize Acts 2, 16 through 18 was a prophecy, and biblical prophecy often spoke of a current fulfillment in and in a further future fulfillment. So I submit to you that while the last days began at that initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit some around 2,000 years ago, there is yet another fulfillment at the end of the age of the last days. If we are not there, I believe we are very close. What we know is that anyone who is in Christ, Jesus poured his Spirit on them and in them. So let's look at Paul's teaching about prophecy in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13, 9, Paul wrote, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, 39, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. First, we see that we only prophesy in part, which means that we only experience prophesying to some degree. Our prophesying is a part of a whole. However, we see that Paul emphasized the importance of prophesying in the Christian life because he elevated prophesying as a priority spiritual gift to desire. So exactly what does it mean to prophesy in the New Testament? Prophesy in the original Greek language means to speak forth by divine inspirations, which immediately points to 2 Timothy 3.17 that says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Remember that because we have the testimony of Jesus, we have the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of faith, the spirit of truth, and the Holy Spirit of promise. Therefore, we should be speaking forth the divine inspirations of God over our lives, our husbands, our children, and all those who we love. So let's talk a minute about name it and claim it. You know, I know there is a lot of negative things spoken about name it and claim it, but I I must tell you if my God said it and I can have it and my children can have it, I'm going to, in faith, name and claim the truth and promises of God's Word. Sometimes the enemy blinds us with our criticism of others and we miss out on what God intended for us and promised us. The enemy just does a great job of getting Christians off in extremes. We see those who name it and claim it, all for the sake of personal gain and financial wealth and determine that naming and claiming God's word is always wrong. But God called us to prophesy, which is speaking forth the divine inspirations of his word and his promises over our lives. So dear sister in Christ, let's don't let the enemy steal this great gift and power from us. In Romans 4, 17, it tells us that God calls those things which do not exist as though they did and so if God did it, shouldn't we? This is naming and claiming the truth and promises of God's word, calling forth the things that do not exist as though they did. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. That is why our words do matter so much. In Matthew 17, 20, verse 21, Jesus said, For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Mark eleven twenty three through 24, Jesus said, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So just to share with you just a little bit of uh, personal testimony, you know, one of the things that I do, I have a box in my office, that I keep of index cards filled with different scriptures. And usually those scriptures have different names that I've written on the index card because I'm praying and I'm declaring God's word. Usually my children or my husband are the recipient of it. Some other family members and, and friends can be on them as well. But just we know how much It is so important for us in in praying for those that we love so dearly and they're so close to us. So praying for our children, believing God for our children, and speaking and declaring His Word over their lives is so important. And that is something that I have practiced and I've seen the fruit of it. God's Word says that it does not return to Him void and it doesn't. Uh, And if we see that, we walk through the practice of declaring God's Word and God's promises and His truth over our family and in their lives, I can assure you, you will see The fruit of it because our words combined with God's word really does matter. It makes a huge difference in our own lives and in the lives of those that we love so much. So, dear sister in Christ, speak like your words have power because they do, and combine the power of your words, almighty power of God's word, and see what God does in your life. Before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to check out my website on fire-ministries.org to get Bible studies and free biblical resources. And also join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. Also, please rate and review and share this podcast with others that someone else can be encouraged. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.